0: Welcome to the Friends Like Films podcast. I'm Britt. And I'm Greg. And this is the podcast where you get to hang out with us for a bit while we discuss a movie one or both of us loves. This is our June episode um, featuring the movie of the month. And as we said last time, it's a new release, which we don't really do that often.
1: Yeah. Um, but one we were excited about, we we talked a little bit about the original movie in our last episode. Mm-hmm. Um we both went got out to the movie theater and saw Top Gun Maverick.
0: I feel like we just had to and we had to dedicate yeah. an episode to it. Like the hype has been so strong. Um and we'll talk we'll talk more about our opinions of the film later in the episode. But um we and I'll give a spoiler warning cuz we're about to get into it. We just finished Obi-Wan. Um, we'll put a spoiler warning in the description of the episode, but if you haven't finished Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus yet, uh, fa- fast forward a bit.
1: Right. Um, so, what did you think? <laughs> of I liked Obi-Wan. it.
0: Yeah, uh, as a whole, I liked the whole series. It was only six episodes, so you couldn't really get too, too deep. But um, with the time they were given and The story, I thought, like, for what it was, just, like, that transition in between, between the prequels and the original trilogy, I I thought it was, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I read that, um, I did too, I enjoyed it, but I read that it was originally planned as a movie, and I can kind of see how, like, it was supposed to be, like, a two-hour movie, and I can kind of see how, like, it got translated into a miniseries, like, that's fine, but yeah. I also read that they they rewrote a bunch of stuff because they were concerned that it would be too similar to Mandalorian. Like, with, like, mm. you know, like, Protect the Kid, or, like, you know, Lone Wolf and Cub. It's like, that's the trope. is called Lone Wolf and Cub. It's like yeah. a old samurai movie where it was, like, you know... A, right. A, basically, Obi-Wan Kenobi and a kid, right? So that, Which, yeah. Star Wars is based off, like, you know, they basically ripped off a bunch of old samurai movies originally anyway, mm-hmm. so... Um, yeah, they were basically worried that it was... Going to be ripped like too close to what the, the vibe that the Mandalorian has, which is like you know, Mando and Grogu, Obi Wan and Leia. Um, yep. and so they tried to like rewrite a bunch of stuff or like add other elements in the, into the story. And I think that's what like the whole thing with Reva and
0: came into play,
1: yeah, yeah. I think and and Tala, who was uh, what's her name, the Sand Snake from Game of Thrones, yeah. I always forget the actress's name, but like I think they tried to add in these other elements to like make it not so Mandalorian y um but like you know we were all just there to see obi-wan and vader fight like that's why everybody wants to watch the show we got it we got like yeah Yeah. we got like three different great fight scenes it was awesome yep absolutely Um, so i think it delivered it did what it needed to do
0: yeah agreed um so were you surprised with the i guess kind of twist with reva being one of the padawans from the prequels
1: um, yeah, but I knew something was up because she knew, like, she knew who Anakin, she knew that he was Anakin Skywalker, that Vader was Anakin Skywalker. And so, like, as soon as she revealed that, I was like, oh, what is her, like, who is she? Like, I knew she was somebody, but I, I, I didn't put it together that she was a, that she was a youngling. But, yeah. like, um, I knew she was something. Because, like, very yeah. select few people know that Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker. That's, like, it's that's, that's supposed true. to be, like, a huge secret.
0: That's true. But I liked that little uh that little factoid. It just it made her character more rich rather than just being like another another one of those like second in command to Darth Vader that's just gonna get like force choked out and die.
1: Yeah, and I think they need (laughs) to they need to make some new, like, compelling characters in Star Mm -hmm. Wars. Because like they finished the, the the saga as they called it is over. Like Luke Skywalker's gone, Leia's gone, Han Solo's gone. Like
0: I'm assuming, Rey, like Kylo Ren yeah. and all of them are gone. Like well, Kylo Ren
1: right. did die at the end, right? Didn't he?
0: Oh yeah, he did die. That's how much I remember about the last film.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. totally died. <laughs> yeah, but um, but like Ray is like on Tatooine. Like I don't think like it seemed like her story was kind of done. Like she's like doesn't really want anything to do with the rest of the I don't, world anymore I don't, and
0: i think daisy ridley has no desire to go back to star wars so
1: right so they need they need new like mandalorian was a great addition like um mm-hmm. uh th- like reva potentially could be like depending on what they use her for like they need these new characters if they're going to keep making star wars stuff they need characters that people care about so yeah um
0: agreed could, be, could, Did- could work did you notice, did Rokin look familiar to you? Because he looked familiar to me, and then it finally clicked on who the actor was.
1: Oh, yeah, it's um, Ice Cube's kid.
0: Yeah, it's Ice Cube's yeah. kid, um, O'Shea, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I recognized him uh, from uh, Australia Outta Compton. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And also, I recognize, um, I blank on her last name, but her first name is Maya, and she's in Pen15. Which is one of my favorite shows on Hulu. If listeners you've never watched Pen Fifteen and you are in your late twenties like to that early thirties, like, yeah,
1: aimed at a very specific demographic, Whew. which is like people who were in middle school when we were in middle school. There's like exactly. a five year period where it applies,
0: and they <laughs> they they nail it. Um, but that actress is also in uh, Obi Wan as well.
1: Huh. Yeah, um, yeah, I liked it. You know, I thought. I, lo- I liked at the very end, at the very, very end when he introduces himself to Luke and he pulls out the, hello there, <laughs> the classic Obi-Wan Kenobi line. I was like, oh, way to end it on a cheesy note, but like, uh, I liked it. So. But it,
0: I think it worked. Yeah. I, yeah. It made me smile. Um, it was good. I give it two thumbs up to Obi-Wan. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I have like a general gripe with Star Wars that like too much happens on Tatooine. Like Tatooine's supposed to be like this in the middle of nowhere. Like yes. but like stuff's always going down there, like We're some on important stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Um I guess I, I think I read something that it's like a it's like an important trade route or something. I'm like, "Okay, I guess." Mm-hmm. I guess if you want to explain it that way, but like that's not sure. how it was originally presented.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, they're retconning all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, well, we know that Taika Watiti is working on something in the Star Wars universe, so I'm sure we're going to get some new and interesting stories in the future if he's involved in something.
1: Yeah, and they have that new series, Andor coming about uh, Cassian Andor, who's uh, Diego Luna's character from mm-hmm. Rogue One. So that's a prequel. It'll be...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know when it takes place. After the Empire... But before Rogue One, so I don't know exactly when Rogue One took place, like... R- right before I seventh- Hope. Right. That's true. Yeah. So, okay. So, sometimes so it'll take place sometime. It could be happening at the same time as Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's why I think maybe maybe Reva right. could show up there.
0: Yeah. That would be a nice little tie-in in yeah. transition for her. Yeah. Yeah. So, anything else before we tell people it's safe?
1: No, it's safe.
0: Listeners, we are done talking about Obi-Wan. It is safe. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. What else have we been watching? Um, I We're both watching The Boys, and I don't want to give spoilers because it's actively airing, but I just need to say that this season has been incredible
1: yeah yeah i i love the direction they're taking it um it seems like they're really leaning into like the like they had a reputation the first few seasons of like not shying away from the gore and like the violence yep. and so they're really like yeah that's what we're about
0: that's what we're about and also the way they are incorporating so the comics that it's based on ran from 06 to 2012 and i like the way they've adapted this season to pull in real life, like we got some like Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter stuff in this recent season, right? Yeah. Um. So they are pulling in some. Right. Real well, world it was,
1: wasn't it? It was Soup Lives Matter, right?
0: <laughs> oh, Soup Lives Matter was also thrown out there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Soup lives. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. And I, I know, I know we've talked about this before, but Anthony Starr, who plays Homelander, is one of yeah. my favorite villains. I think yeah he's so now, good
1: he's so good
0: like has he been nominated for, for uh, any of the big like emmys or globes i don't or? know but he should be i agree
1: he should be but the, the thing is like he's not i mean he's a villain for sure but like everybody in the show is a villain like i don't think there is a good person in this show like maybe starlight i don't know i was
0: gonna say starlight <laughs> yeah I've had to pick one but yeah
1: Like, Huey's dad. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But, like, even Huey's Huey's not that great anymore. Like, he's clearly, like, blurring the... Without getting too specific, he's clearly blurring the lines of morality.
0: (laughs) Which I think is what makes the boys so great to me, is because it does blur the line between good and bad. And it's definitely not black and white. And with the MCU, I feel like it can be very black and white like these are the good guys these are the bad guys
1: Yeah um Yeah yeah I agree. There are some like I guess the Winter Soldier is kind of like gray area in Marvel. I don't know. There, oh, there's a sure. few but like I it's mean, not nearly not nearly like what the boys are doing.
0: Exactly. Like The Boys is made for adults. So it's just, yeah. it's just it's just refreshing to watch it.
1: Yeah. Um Yeah, I've been enjoying it. And but speaking of Marvel, I you I don't think you've watched it yet, but I have been watching the first three episodes of Miss Marvel are out. Um, it's it's pretty good. I mean, it's definitely like Marvel. It's it's they have to. I, I don't I don't necessarily agree with what you said last time about Marvel fatigue, but like they have to like. I they understandably have to like aim at different demographics you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i think that miss marvel is like clearly a show for teenagers and like teenage girls specifically like it's about a teenage girl it's a coming a uh, coming of age story like so like that part of it doesn't really interest me <laughs> you know like it's not typically a, t- a show that i would watch like a, te- a teenage girl's coming of age story but right. you know i'm interested in like the connections to all the other marvel stuff and just like so I'll continue watching it just because I want to know. I, I'm I'm the kind of guy that needs to like know everything. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to be I don't want to miss like the one detail where I'm right. like, oh my god, look at that! Yeah. So I'll watch it, um, but it's definitely not my style. I'll put it that way. I won't I won't say it's bad because I'm sure the, I think there are a lot of people enjoying it. But um,
0: yeah, I read that it had like the lowest. Like premiere of any MCU uh, Disney Plus show, but it's reaching the, but it has the highest uh, ratings from like that younger demographic, and I think like Portuguese households as well, um, and I might be missing some other demographic. But so it's but, reaching. I
1: wonder why. I wonder why Portuguese. I
0: I don't want to. I don't want to misread. <laughs> it might not have been Portuguese. I'm going off the top of my head here. Um. <laughs> But anyway, it's it's reaching those different demographics and audiences. So who cares if it's not the it's the yeah. lowest premiere or whatever? It's reaching the audience it's intended for,
1: right? And, and that's kind of the point I was trying to make originally. Is like not everything has to be. I mean, obviously you want it to be a success, but like it doesn't have to be like for everybody. Exactly. Um, so I think it it makes sense, and it's a, it's a fun enough story. Like you know, the the superhero side of it. Um, It also came out. I mean, as far as the low ratings are concerned, look, it came out at at a very rough time. It's competing with a lot of big time shows um, that all came out like towards the end of June and or beginning of June and into the end of June and July. There's just a ton of stuff coming out, and like superhero stuff specifically, like like even if you count Stranger Things, yeah, like. There's just there's just stuff out all the time. There's I, I feel like every every week there's something a new show that I've been like waiting for comes out.
0: A lot. Um, what was? But it's also it also premiered at the same time on the same platform as Obi Wan Kenobi, which also isn't doing it any favors. Like it's up against something else on its own platform. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to find that. Oh, here we go. So, it had the lowest viewership in the first five days of any MCU series on Disney Plus so far. However, it reportedly has a higher rate of younger viewers in Black, Hispanic, and Asian households than other MCU shows. Hmm. So, there I mean, you go. it's about a
1: minority teenager, so.
0: Yep. So, I'll... I might watch it eventually. I, uh, like I said, yeah, I
1: think it's it's definitely worth watching. Like if you're a Marvel yeah. fan, it's worth watching.
0: Yeah. Cool. Um, I feel like I need to give another spoiler warning. We're just watching so much, but uh, well, it's you like finally... we said, so
1: many so many things have come out. I know
0: it's it's crazy. Um, since so since the last time we recorded, you have caught up on Stranger Things.
1: Yeah, so Stranger Things had already come out the last time we recorded, but I hadn't gotten to it yet because I had a whole backlog of things to watch. I, I finished watching Peaky Blinders and like various other things, but I did finally go through all of Stranger Things. Um, there's two more episodes coming in a couple weeks. But uh I guess maybe we could talk more about it once it's once it's fully Let's over. Do we don't that. have to get like yeah, we don't yeah. have to get too into it right now. But I, I really loved it. Like okay. the one thing I'll say is like season three. Like season 1 was amazing, season 2 yeah. I loved, season 3 like I it was oh just okay to me. Oh, wow. Like or like I started to like lo- I started to lose interest a little bit after season 3. And then but this season has like really brought it back. Like th- I think this might be one of the, like the best season possibly.
0: That's so funny because I my views on seasons 2 and 3 are reverse to yours. Season 2 I was like eh. and season 3 I was like oh okay, I'm back into this. And, and th- I thought, so far, this recent season has been great. It was season yeah, maybe two was, that was the meh for me.
1: It might have just been the long break between season three and uh, season four that, like, it just kind of cooled off for me, but, yeah. Um, yeah, as soon as I started watching it, I was hooked again, so.
0: Yeah. So, listeners, yeah. stay tuned. Uh, we will do a spoiler chat about Stranger Things season four once it has wrapped
1: right. Yeah, our next episode will be sometime in early July after the next two episodes of, or the last two episodes have come out, and we'll we'll talk about it more then.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: Um. Oh, go ahead.
0: No, I was I was just going to go into uh, your movie catching up that you did.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I watched. Uh, I finally saw everything everywhere all at once. Um, it was great. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. really know what to say. It was just, it was just, it's, it's so out there, but it was, it was really great. I, I got, I loved it. Like the relationship between her and her mom and the dad, even to a certain degree.
0: Yeah. Or like
1: between the mom and the dad, I guess. Um,
0: so I want to give shout outs to the, the actors and call them out specifically. Um, I want to do my best not to butcher names. So Michelle <laughs> Yao, the the I, I, Yo, I think. Yo, y- Michelle Yo.
1: Yeah, that's um, my guess.
0: And Ki hu Kwan.
1: Yeah, who do you know who he is?
0: So yes, he was in <laughs> one of the Indiana No Back to the yeah. Future Indiana Jones.
1: Indiana Jones, uh, yeah, yeah, Temple of Doom, and he's also in the Goonies. He was a child actor, and the like
0: Goonies, right? Yeah,
1: um, yeah. His I don't know what happened to him in the meantime. His he kind of stepped away from acting. I don't know if it was by choice or just like the industry being weird. But he's back, and he, I thought he was great
0: oh my god, he was so good in this movie. Um, and, you know, the different, I guess you could say, personas that they play in the movie.
1: Yeah, I and mean, they all play, like, multiple characters, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah like, he just crushed them all. Um, I'm glad he's back into acting. Um, I I I'm blanking on... I read a quote from him, and I want to say it was crazy rich Asians he just saw how well that movie did not only like box office and numbers but like with fans and critics and he was like maybe there is a place for me in the acting world when he felt like there wasn't in you know the 80s and 90s and he came back thank god yeah
1: yeah I think he was a child star at a, a time where there weren't lead like he wasn't able to grow into a leading role type of guy because they weren't really giving lead roles to Asian people at that time so yeah Hollywood continues to be fucked up but at least they've improved in some ways
0: (laughs) yeah Um, I'm so glad you liked the movie Um,
1: oh yeah it was great I mean I knew I was gonna like it it was just a matter of me being able to watch it so so it was on demand and I was able to get access to it so um, finally I finally watched it
0: awesome um, and then we watched, which I have not seen.
1: Oh yeah. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, the Nicolas Cage movie, which, um, you know, my expectations were like not super high for that movie, but I was intrigued. Like, you know, anytime somebody's playing them like or like, or, like a fictionalized version of themselves, I'm like, all right, I guess like, you want to see it like just because it could be a train wreck and you want to like see what's going on. But, yeah. um, it was good. I mean, it was funny. Like Pedro Pascal is great. Nick Cage, I I always have loved Nick Cage in, like, a weird way. Like, he sometimes is, like, so bad he's good. But, like, I don't know. I just, like, I love Nick Cage movies. I've said, like, the National Treasure movies are a guilty pleasure for me. And, like, Gone in 60 Seconds I loved when I was a kid. Like, there's, like, a lot of Nick Cage movies that I just have very nostalgic love for. City of
0: Angels? Huh? Yeah.
1: Um, Face Off, Con Air, like, so many good movies. Um, Yeah. He, it was good. It was funny. So, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. If you know, if you're looking for, like, just a lighthearted, like, easy watch, it's that. Like, it's not like, a, yeah, it's not going to go down as a, as a classic, but it's you like, you know.
0: You don't need to use your brain to really follow along and what's happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Nice.
1: Um, yeah, so that's what I've been watching. And then Peaky Blinders, I kind of offhandedly mentioned, I watched the full season of Peaky Blinders as well.
0: And now that, Which is, that's that's done
1: uh it seems like there's gonna be a movie or something to yeah because oh, okay. it, it, it finished but there it, there's some threads
0: got it okay
1: so I think there will be like a, a movie to complete it or something I don't think they're doing another season
0: are you assuming there's going to be a movie or we know there's going to be a movie
1: I'm assuming but okay it might I I feel like maybe I did read it somewhere but I'm not gonna say that it's official because sure. I don't know for sure
0: yeah okay
1: based on the ending it seems like there's going to be more in some form
0: you're probably right they they might do the movie route rather than blowing out a whole other season
1: i mean they did say it's the last season like that for sure they said it's the the last season of the show so like if they're going to continue it it's probably going to be a movie
0: okay cool Um, speaking of things that are continuing, um, we mentioned episodes back that, and it's coming up in September, the, a new Game of Thrones series based on House Targaryen, but like before the series of Game of Thrones that we know.
1: Right, yeah, it takes place like 100 years or 150 years or something before. Yes,
0: something like that. Um, we got some more Game of Thrones news that there's rumblings of another series in that universe and kit harrington might be reprising his role as Jon snow
1: right so this one would be a sequel which takes place after game of thrones yeah um, i don't buy it uh, i'm even more skeptical about this one than i am about the prequel
0: <laughs> same um just because okay you're gonna make a sequel i i will be shocked if kit harrington comes back and reprises his role as Jon snow
1: uh for the right amount of money i don't know we'll see <laughs> yeah
0: i like uh, and, and listeners not to get too much into like what's gone on in kit harrington's private life but he's been very vocal about how the last couple seasons of game of thrones and being a part of that franchise was really taxing on him and his mental health and I just can't see him like going back to that character again. but yeah,
1: I mean, it also was was it was it about be was it being part of the show or was it like all the crap surrounding the show? like
0: sure all of the it was all the media
1: attention and the fans basically hating in the last like three seasons. I'm sure
0: it was all of it. I know they like their filming schedules were horrific, especially him. Like he's not filming in nice, warm King's Landing. Like he's in Iceland, freezing his ass off for you know six months, whatever it is. Um,
1: Yeah, and I mean, I wonder how much of that was a product of uh, the showrunners Benioff and Weiss, and like, yeah, how seemingly disinterested they were in the show towards the end. There,
0: yeah. So we'll see. If that gets legs, but sounds like me and you are very skeptical.
1: <laughs> yeah, to say the least.
0: <laughs> um, in better news, though, we got some trailers.
1: Yeah, quite a few. Yeah. Well, the, the one I'm clearly most excited about is the trailer for Blonde came out, the Marilyn Monroe movie with Anna de Armas. Uh, and. Like I've been talking about this movie for a while and I thought maybe it was going to be like a, like not a big movie and I was talking about it for no reason but it seems like it's getting a lot of attention like people are into it. I mean she oh, yeah. she has the look like she pulls off like she pulls off Marilyn Monroe very easily. I mean she's obviously very beautiful they were both were but but she has like there's enough of a resemblance there that when you see it you're like oh wow she really looks like her. Like once they put the wig on her and like give her the makeup and all that you're like oh, okay yeah I see it. Um yeah. And, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. Marilyn Monroe is, like, just an interesting character, you know? Like, I'm interested in in, in the biopic.
0: Yeah, same. Um, There's been biopics on Marilyn Monroe before. Um, Well, yeah. The one that comes to mind is My Week with Marilyn. Uh, Michelle Williams played her. Um, But this one is going to be based on a different source material. And off the top of my my head, I can't really remember yeah, I don't know. Um, but it comes out Netflix September twenty third, um, which is going to be here before we know it. Mm-hmm. I love a biopic, personally.
1: Yeah, I've been seeing the the trailers for the Elvis one too a lot lately, and
0: that one um, I don't care about. But
1: yeah, I mean, he basically stole black people's music and all of their culture, and and became famous off of it. So <laughs>
0: yeah, but- I mean. <laughs> I, I i i
1: i respect that he that that elvis was an icon like but, but what you
0: said is facts like that is yeah. straight facts um i'm not was interested never... in it because one i'm not a, i don't really care about elvis um and the director uh baz Luhrmann, um he's a very specific style of director and um he can be very hit or miss with me. So just putting that with the topic of Elvis, I'm like, I just, I just yeah. don't care.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wasn't really excited about it, but I feel like I've just seen the trailer a lot lately. Cause it's pretty yeah. close. I think it's pretty close to coming out. So they're yeah. in that like final media push.
0: What are um, some biopics that you like?
1: Uh, Ray. I love Ray. Yeah. Um, and Walk the Line, both musical ones Uh, actually, I like both of those I love Um, Walk the Line What else do I like biopic?
0: I'm gonna shout out Rocketman I went into that not really having expectations um, because again the trailers were like very big and flashy, but it works for Elton John and um, Edgerton I'm blanking on his first name but that's his last name. Um, Taryn. Aaron? Aaron?
1: No, um, Taryn with a T. Taryn? Yeah, Taryn Tar- Egerton.
0: Taryn Egerton, right. Um, he should have gotten the Oscar. Um, and then when Remy Malik got, got it for Bohemian Rhapsody, I just thought it was.
1: Yeah, that was also a biopic. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of like non. I feel like a lot of biopics are about musicians like what are some biopics about non-musicians I can't think of a name
0: Ali uh athlete Ollie. yeah
1: yeah that was good um okay. I guess like was the fighter with Mark Wahlberg a biopic in that regard
0: is that was that based on real people yeah then yes that is a biopic
1: then that was good
0: yeah the fighter's great but yeah you're right well, a lot of musicians they just make make for good stories um okay moving on another trailer i just want to shout out um if we have any harry styles fans listening um we got the first very short teaser trailer for my policeman which comes out october 21st um it's also starring emma corin who you might know from the crown she played princess die in the most okay, recent yeah, season yeah. of the crown um David Dawson, who I'm not super familiar with. I don't know what else he's done.
1: Um, I don't recognize the name.
0: Yeah. Sorry, David. But <laughs> Sorry, David. I'm sure you're very talented and maybe super popular in the UK. Who knows? Um, but the movie is based on the novel of the same name. Um, comes out in September. Oh. Set in the 50s. Um, About a gay policeman named Tom who marries a school teacher named Marion while being in a relationship with Patrick, a museum curator. So it's 50s. um, Gay love. Love triangle movie. Very forbidden. Yeah. Mm. So what what else we got from movie news?
1: Um, Oh, well, we've got the uh, Knives Out, the sequel got it just has a title now we didn't get a a trailer or anything it's just got a title it's called glass onion and uh or glass onion a knives out mystery and the as far as we know the only thing that's going to carry over from one to the other is daniel craig's character so it's going to be similar to um similar to the one that kenneth brown is doing like the death on the nile and uh, um Murder on the Orient Express, where like the only real constant is that same detective character. Um, so that's kind of the vibe that uh, Ryan Johnson is going with Knives Out, um, going for. Excuse me, and uh, we'll see if it's good. Knives Out One was very good.
0: Very good. Um, love the title. Little shout out to a Beatles track, perhaps with Glass Onion. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, Knives One, Knives Out One was. Great. So, I'm actually going in with pretty high expectations for this one.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, same. I I don't know if I'll go to theaters, so like it doesn't really feel like one that probably that you need to see in theaters, you know.
0: No. I mean cin- cinematically, the the way I think about it for a movie in a theater, it's it's like big like actiony shots, so like MCU movies I absolutely need to see in a theater. Uh, depending on the Christopher Nolan movie, I feel like I need to see I, I feel like this one you could watch at home if you wanted.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's I feel a similar way. I've said that before. like I kind of I, yeah. I want to go when like when the big screen and the sound and like that matters, that's yeah. when that's when I want to be in the theater. Um, and then uh, the last piece that well, the last piece that I wanted to mention for movie news was that the there's a Formula One movie that apparently has been floating around out there um and uh apple just acquired it um and i think they spent some big bucks to get it uh, brad pitt's gonna uh, gonna star and joseph kaczynski who will show up again later in this episode uh is going to direct
0: john so, kaczynski's evil twin joseph kaczynski. yeah right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah you must be pretty excited yeah f1's Formula taking over One the world guy. yeah yeah do you envision going to any like Formula One races or events?
1: I would love to. Yeah, I, I'm not going this year. They're really expensive. Okay. Um, yeah, especially the ones in the United States because now, like, it, now that it's caught on, like, celebrities and rich people, and it's like, it's like, I mean, it, for, that's Formula One is like a big aspect of Formula One is like opulence. It's like there's a ton of money being spent on the cars, a ton of sponsorship money. Celebrities want to be out there and seen, and like so. I get it. That's part of the vibe, and like, it's obviously going to be expensive to be there. But um, there are races in like, there's one in Montreal that just happened. This year's yes. Mo- Canadian GP just happened this last. I week know in somebody Montreal. who
0: went actually.
1: Yeah, that one like feels like it could be a little more accessible, mm-hmm. um, like cost wise. And then there's also one in Mexico City, which I would kind of love mm-hmm. to go to. I hear I hear Mexico City's great, so yeah, um, that would be a fun one to go see.
0: Make a little tropical vacation out of it
1: yeah cool there's three races in the united states now they've added it was only in austin texas now yeah. this year they added a new one in miami and they're adding another one in vegas next year so um
0: so there's only three great. in the u.s yeah oh yeah so that adds to like the es- exclusivity of it too there's not that many happening in the. yeah
1: US. and well in this in this yeah on this side of the world but it's mainly europe and asian based
0: gotcha well listeners we'll keep you informed if (laughs) as this movie grows like it just got you know Apple just acquired the rights so we could be sitting here a year from now being like oh this movie is you know getting a release date or the cast is growing so we'll see
1: yeah yeah we'll see Uh, yeah it's obviously in development but we'll uh, yeah it's exciting news
0: yeah All right. anything else before we get into Top Gun Maverick
1: uh, no, that's it for me.
0: Alrighty. So, what a nice little segue. Uh, Joseph Kaczynski directed Top Gun Maverick, the movie of our episode. Um, yeah.
1: So hot right now.
0: So hot right now. Seriously. <laughs> um, this movie came out very recently um, as we're recording. It's June 22nd. This movie came out May 22nd. And we got ourselves right. to the theaters to see it.
1: Yeah, I wish I had gotten out a little bit earlier because I wasn't able to see it in IMAX. I had to see it on a regular screen, oh, which is okay. fine anyway. But like, you know, I want to see it in IMAX.
0: Yeah, I know you did. Yeah, okay. the
1: IMAX, the IMAX theaters were all taken up by Jurassic World or whatever the most recent Jurassic is, and then Lightyear, or oh. is now the one that's all in IMAX. So, <laughs> Let's yeah. just see I mean,
0: Lightyear in IMAX.
1: Okay. I mean, I know that they're they're pretty tied up on the contracts. Like, if if a, if a like, you know, if a studio wants their movie to be an IMAX, the, the theaters generally agree to have it in, like, on opening weekend or whatever. So right, it is what it is. I still enjoyed seeing it in, like, a, in a regular theater.
0: So I don't know about you, but when the trailers first started coming out for this, um, you know, I, I I would be in a theater and the trailer would come on. And I'd, like, lean, Colin and I would, like, lean over to each other and be like... Did not seeing that like we just did not mm. care and then it comes out and everybody's raving about it and the critics are raving about it and i was eating my words um because i ended up going to see it and really enjoying it but what about you
1: yeah when i you enjoyed it as well it? i mean i was i wanted to see it because okay. i i i love the i love the original it's, to me, I said in the last episode uh, that, to me, it's, like, one of the quintessential, like, 80s movies, mm-hmm. um, and so, I and I've always had, like, a soft spot for it. Like, it's on TV a lot, and I would always stop to watch, like, whenever it's on TV. Um, okay, oh,
0: So, you were pretty pumped.
1: Yeah, and, and it's also, like, like um, to use, like, a stereotype, it's, like, kind of a, a man movie, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, like... Yeah. You know, when you're growing up, like, as a, as a boy growing up, like, you're, you know, you're into, like, jet fighters and army fighters and things like that. And so, like, Top Gun, like, really appeals to, like, a boy's nature, you know?
0: Yeah, sure, sure.
1: Yeah, so I just remember loving that movie growing up. And so I was excited to see what they did with the sequel.
0: Yeah. Um, so, like I mentioned, this movie was directed by Joseph Kaczynski. The original director of the first Top Gun um, has since passed away.
1: So, yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah. Sadly, but um, and I think, but I think he did write the original screenplay for this, so he was involved in some way. Like the originals, like the like he, he helped develop the movie before he passed. Oh, away. it was okay. already in development. Yeah, I don't okay. know if he. I don't know if he wrote, I don't know if he actually wrote the full screenplay, but he he was involved in some way. It was something Scott Tony Scott. So. Um, Yeah, he passed away, and they continued to develop the movie, and then they ended up with what they have now. Yes. Um, It was... uh, Sorry, no, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, Joseph uh, Kaczynski, listeners, uh, he also directed the Tron Legacy movie that came out in 2010. um, And he directed... The movie Spiderhead, which just came out, Greg. You said on Netflix.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just like I think this week it came out on Netflix. It also has Miles Teller. So, yes. he and Miles Teller obviously have some kind of connection.
0: Yes. Um, screenplay for Top Gun: Maverick was written by Aaron Kruger, who works has worked on a bunch of stuff actually. Um, Twenty nineteen Dumbo, uh, a bunch of the newer Transformer movies. Um, the Ring, the US adaptation of The Ring, and hmm. a bunch of different stuff. Um so he wrote the screenplay play along with Eric Warren Singer and Christopher McQuarrie. And we got a pretty stacked cast for Maverick.
1: Oh yeah. Um well, obviously so the obvious Tom Cruise. <laughs> um and then uh then I guess the next highest billing is probably Miles Teller, right? So Miles Teller plays the original movie, uh, Tom Cruise's like partner in his plane is his second seater, is his friend Goose, mm-hmm. and Goose tragically passes away in the first movie, but um, now Miles in. Teller plays Rooster Goose's son who um, have has some bad blood with Maverick. Obviously, you know sort of blames mm-hmm. him for his dad's death, but more so he's pissed off about the fact that Maverick. Blocked his entry into the naval academy, um, probably out of like fear or trying to protect him or whatever. But um, right. still, he wasn't he wasn't <laughs> pleased about it. Uh, so he's you know he's got a grudge against Maverick and you know doesn't really get along with him. Um, then we've got Jennifer Connelly, uh, who played Penny, who was a new character, a love interest for Tom Cruise. Who I guess they they sometime in the thirty years between the original movie and this one they had a relationship. She's not the same woman from the first movie um
0: right which they don't even mention her do they
1: no not not at all
0: not not even once
1: yeah not at all so kelly (laughs) the actress is kelly mcgillis um and yeah they i guess they just you know we can say that her and maverick didn't work out and that was that I did notice that Penny and her daughter live in the same house that that she that, did. Is that, that the did.
0: same house? Yeah, I
1: think so, yeah. Because it As has, like, the, he drives up in the motorcycle and it's, like, right along the water with that, like, yeah. gate up front. Yeah, I think it's the same house.
0: Oh my God, if that's the case, that is so funny. It kind of adds,
1: like, a creepy vibe to his character. Like,
0: he yeah. just, like, figures out who's
1: living in that house and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you.
0: Is she a 10, she's a 10, okay. Wow. <laughs> Um, my favorite. Oh, go ahead.
1: uh, I was going to say Jennifer Connelly though, looking great for 50.
0: Looking amazing. She's (laughs) so gorgeous. She's always been gorgeous. Um, yeah. So I thought she was a great addition to Top Gun Maverick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Lucky, lucky Paul Bettany.
0: (sighs) He's so lucky. You have
1: <laughs> really Elizabeth
0: is. Olsen as your leading lady in the MCU, and you're married and you, to Jennifer Connelly.
1: Yeah, you get to go home to Jennifer Connelly.
0: Wow. What a life.
1: Yeah, right? What a guy. I love him. <laughs>
0: um, I was happy to see John Hamm uh, in Maverick as Vice Admiral Bo Cyclone Simpson. Um, I've mentioned I've been doing my Mad Men rewatch, and its I'm almost done with it, but it was funny to just... See him in this, doing his like get out of my office Don Draper energy that he does (laughs) so well.
1: Yeah, and I would, I guess, I would say he's kind of like the villain of the movie in a way.
0: Sure, yeah. He
1: just
0: he he has very low expectations for Tom Cruise's character and succeeding.
1: Yeah, he doesn't like uh, you know Tom Cruise. He has the nickname Maverick for a reason, and right, John Hamm does not like Mavericks.
0: No.
1: very right by-the-book kind of guy. Yes. Um, we've got Glenn Powell, who is Lieutenant Jake Hangman Saracen, who is also I, I, sort of an antagonist. None of them are really antagonists. They're all on the same team. But uh, he's kind of a douche. Who's He's just one of the other airmen, one of the other pilots. And yeah. he's kind of a hotshot. He doesn't really play nicely on a team. And so he's, you
0: know. Would you say he's, he's like the the Iceman of this movie?
1: yes, yeah, sort of. Except Iceman was not known to be a douche in the original. Iceman was just a good That's pilot. True. He, That's true. Iceman didn't Actually, as, as a matter of fact, I would say the Hangman is kind of the Maverick of the group. Okay. Right, like in the way he like in the way like cuz remember, uh, you know, Maverick was the one that like left his wingman and like was kind of a hotshot and blah, blah. so if anything, I would say Hangman in his flying style is more like how Maverick was when he was, when he was younger, where go- Rooster, who is Goose's son is, is, uh, they, they kind of go at each other because he hangman thinks Rooster is too cautious. He's like, Oh, you'll never win anything when you fly like that. Like you fly too slow. Right. You fly too careful. You think too much. And Rooster is like, well, you're a hot shot. You're going to get somebody killed, blah, blah, blah. So, um, right. They, yeah. So I, yeah, he, he's a douche, but he also kind of was the,
0: yeah, it's
1: an interesting character. I didn't think he was like a you know a, a bad a bad guy. No, the
0: yeah, same.
1: Um, there was uh, there was uh, as far as the rest of the cast goes. There's also some appearances from people uh, in the original movie. Well, Ed Harris was not in the original movie, but Ed Harris makes a brief appearance as an admiral in the beginning.
0: I always um, love seeing him. So
1: <laughs> he's o- yeah yeah he's o- he's always like a general or a commander or something. Uh, yeah. And then Val Kilmer. Makes an appearance, uh, reprises his role as Iceman, um, and then uh, Charles Parnell, who I don't really know, but he was in the original as Warlock, and he came back as Warlock. Um, yeah, and so he is like a he's like works with John Hamm at Top Gun, so he like kind of is somebody who knows Maverick's history and can stick up for him.
0: Yep, um, I loved, and we'll, we'll we can talk more about it, but. I loved their treatment for Val Kilmer's character in Maverick. Yeah, um, that was very well done.
1: Yeah, um, the last person in the cast that I wanted to mention was um, Louis Pullman as Ro- Bob Floyd. Robert Bob Floyd. His his call sign is Bob. Yeah. And I didn't. I I kind of recognized his face when he came in. I was like, who is this guy? Like, where's he yeah. from? And I, then I realized he's Bill Pullman's son. As soon as I saw the last name, I was like, oh yeah, Bill Pullman. Louis Pullman.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Look at that.
1: And then, like, then the resemblance became obvious. I was like, oh, that's why I recognize his face, because he looks like his dad.
0: <laughs> okay, he was in Bad Times at the El Royale, which I did see. Um, and he's going to be in the upcoming adaptation of Salem's Lot, Stephen King's. Oh, okay. Wow. Awesome. Um, I want to mention Jay Ellis, who, listeners, if you are a fan of Insecure on HBO, um, Jay Ellis plays Lawrence. So shout out to the Lawrence Hive if anybody's listening. Um, He is part of the main squad in Top Gun Maverick. And they've updated, um, obviously, the story for Modern Times. We have a woman in the squad, the main squad. Um,
1: Yeah, Phoenix. Phoenix.
0: Yes, um, played by Monica Barbaro, um, and she's great. She's great in it.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think they had like, they got like a good group together. Um, yeah, they had like a, kind of a good group vibe there, so it was good. They they casted it well. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about like you know what happens in the plot of the movie, right? So, it and opens. I, I just not- want to
0: say. I just want to say, not to cut you off, Greg, Greg and I are doing this like off the dome from memory because we both saw it in theaters and obviously we respect the rules of the movie theater. So we weren't like taking notes.
1: Yeah. So. And and I saw it much more recently than you, to be fair. I saw it only yeah. a couple days ago. So, um, yeah. uh, so it starts off Tom Cruise is a test pilot for like this space plane or something where he's trying to go Mach 10, like break the speed record. And, you know, for unknown reasons they're trying to shut him down and so classic classic like start of the movie like like no tom cruise you're not, you're not going that fast is illegal we're gonna shut you down and he's like oh yeah well i'm gonna go even faster Hi. and then they're like oh damn it we have to send you to top gun again <laughs> <laughs> like <just> great setup
0: <laughs> yeah wonderful
1: yeah um, and I like that the opening to the opening had like a whole. Uh, I guess, like, was I guess it was a lot, just a lot of references to the original, like like the opening like credits where they did the title. It was like all the same font, and they did that little like yep. opening reel where they say like like this is the Naval Academy, blah, blah blah. They call it Top Gun. Top Gun, and and then it had yep. like the you know they opened with the Kenny Loggins song, Danger yes. Zone. The whole bit. And so I was like, all right. Right off the bat, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm into it. This, here we go. Like, we're off to the races. Yes. And, heavy uh,
0: heavy fan service in the first ten minutes or so. Yeah, yeah. Which is cool. Which is totally cool.
1: Um, And so uh, Tom Cruise gets sent to Top Gun. He loses his fancy space plane. And um, actually, he crashes it, right? <laughs> he tries to show. He tries to go too fast, and it, like, explodes.
0: Oh, Yes
1: yeah yes, and he survives right. miraculously and and his punishment for destroying like a billion dollar plane is you go you have to go be a teacher at Top Gun again. and um, and he gets to Top Gun and he realizes that he actually was brought there specifically because they have this like really dangerous mission. and he's the only person alive that has ever flown anything like this mission. and he needs to teach these you know fresh they're not fresh recruits. they're all they're all graduates of Top Gun. But they uh, haven't seen action in the way he has. So he's like, alright, you're the only one that knows how to fly You know this type of mission. You've got to teach these guys how to fly as a team and blah blah blah. Right. Um,
0: so after the first movie, I think, at least I was under the impression that Maverick had gone to teach at Top Gun and had probably went and taught there for a long time. But we find out that he only lasted like I don't know a year or something. Like yeah, very... so they don't
1: they don't really explain why, but like they don't really have to. But like they basically no. say, yeah, they bring him back to teach Top Gun. and He's like, don't you know I tried this already? Like it didn't work right. out. And so like yeah. they, they just have like a little one liner like offhand like, oh yeah, okay, he did teach Top Gun, but like it didn't work out. So at least right. they like you know they recognize like oh, yeah. the end of the, the original original sets him up to be a teacher at Top Gun, and they're like, oh, right, well, we have to have a reason why that didn't work, and right. they don't really give you a reason. They just say it didn't work. Yes. I, like, I guess that's enough of an explanation. <laughs> I,
0: I was totally fine with that. Um, yeah. So it adds to the mystery of what his character's been up to and um, why it didn't work out. But I was worried that this <laughs> movie was going to be to like America and like we're patriots. And it really wasn't. Um, the mission that they're given. I think is, and and the maneuvers that they need to successfully pull off and the success rate of doing it, like, it, it kept me very engaged. Like, it it was an interesting mission, I thought, without it being like, you know, we're going into war and combat in, in America and doing this for your country. Like, it was interesting without all of that. Yeah. Personally.
1: Um, yeah, it wasn't really... I didn't get that vibe that it was, like, very, like, rah-rah America. Like, Not at all. You know, I mean, pro-military, I'm sh- like, sure, but, like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, it wasn't... It, it didn't feel very political. Right. Um, so, the, he starts teaching them. They understandably want to, like, test him as a teacher. And so, they start to he basically starts to just own them. There's like a big montage of him just like destroying them in training and killing them. And then like, basically, I guess the next big thing that happens is that, um, things come to a head between him and rooster where rooster doesn't want to listen to him. And they kind of have like this challenge where they do this like nosedive thing. They like Mm -hmm. play chicken with each other. And, um, yeah. And so, yeah, because, you know, Rooster doesn't understand why did you why did you hold my application to get into the Naval Academy? You held me back. It took four years off his career, blah, blah, blah. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, Meanwhile, he's also like rekindling his 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 love interest with Penny, who that happened like sometime in the 30 years between. Um, So he goes to she owns a bar. And she, he has to like pay for everybody's drinks. I forget exactly how that happened. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, same. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. So, and then she's she's got a daughter, and she's like, "You better not hurt my mom again." And he's like, "Okay." Actually, I don't think he even says that. He just kind of like looks at her weird.
0: Yeah. Like, <laughs> damn. Like, sh- like, sh- like the daughter knows. Yeah. Like, exactly.
1: <laughs> like,
0: like, what a player I am. But I thought the scenes in the bar were were cool. I. Is it the same bar from the first movie? Are we I don't think so. I think it's slightly different. Okay. But very reminiscent to the first one. Um, Right. I I thought, so in the first movie, um, they have the scene with Goose and Meg Ryan's character and, you know, at the piano and they're all singing Great Balls of Fire. I love how um, they just had the same scene in this movie and like all these young 20-somethings know all the words to that song.
1: Yeah, well, you can understand why Rooster might know it because sure. it's like his dad, his dad's favorite song. I mean, in the first one, he's there as a little kid, little Absolutely. little Rooster or whatever his name is, Bradley Bradshaw or something. Yeah, I think his name actually is Bradley Bradshaw, and uh, and uh, he's like there sitting on top of the piano when they sing yes. "Great Balls of Fire." Him and sure. so yeah so he knows the song and so he sits down at the piano and starts playing it but like i got the feeling yes it was weird that they all knew the lyrics but i got the <laughs> feeling that this is like not the first time he's done that and they all know him kind of like they're, they're like they've they came up together like through the academy or something so maybe they know that that's what he does
0: yeah yeah but those scenes were fun
1: um there and was... miles teller did a great job there in that like scene like really replicating um oh god what's the uh goose's actor i'm not gonna remember anthony something um, I always remember him as Dr. Green from ER, but, um, it
0: is, um An- Anthony Edwards,
1: Anthony Edwards. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, yeah. So I thought he really, he, like, number one, he looked, he, I didn't, I didn't really see the resemblance at first, but like once that scene happened and he sits down at the piano with the aviator glasses and the mustache oh, and everything, yeah. I was like, oh wow. Yeah. He definitely does look a little bit like Anthony Edwards and like, he got the mannerisms and everything down perfectly.
0: Yep. Yeah, we learned that, um, one of the reasons why Maverick is so protective of Goose is because Meg Ryan's character, who is Goose's mom, has since passed from the first one, which is why Meg Ryan's not in the second. Um, and he pretty much promised Meg Ryan's character that he would pretty much, yeah, yeah, so and take she care. didn't want
1: him, she didn't want him to fly. She didn't want him to go to the Royal right. Academy. And so right. he he blocked the application on her wishes um but he will exactly. never tell that to rooster because he doesn't want rooster he says uh, he says he already resents me there's no reason for him to resent his mom as well at this point
0: exactly um so you get a lot of you know very cool training montage montages going on uh the cinematographer claudio miranda did a great job um she did um, Director of Photography on Life of Pi. She did Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Um, so she did a great job with all these high-octane shots and montages. Yeah, shows.
1: absolutely. And I, and I had read that they tried to use as little CGI as possible, but now I, I read about it in the lead-up to us doing this episode, mm-hmm. and I read that there actually was a ton of CGI. A lot of it was, was not real. yeah. So I guess okay. I mean there's certain things they obviously just can't they they would never get clearance to do like obviously that that scene where they do the spy, the chicken spiral like that that was not real, yeah. um, uh, and they did a lot of like where they flew only one plane like so a lot of times where you see multiple planes like a dogfight or like when you see them flying like in sequence like, like four of them flying together that they actually yeah. just flew one plane and then they like digitally like copied it to like make it look okay. like there's four so. They did do a lot of real flying, but it was you know there's some CGI as well.
0: Whatever, I don't I don't need these people to actually be flying the planes and putting their lives at risk. Like the mo- if the end result looks awesome, which it did, like I don't I don't care.
1: Yeah, um, so they have this. Uh, so they have you know th- th- that's ba- this is what's basically happening in the movie. They're training Rooster and Tom Cruise are you know having it out, um, and then he takes them. Uh, he does, like, a team building uh, exercise, and he takes them to go play football on the beach. And so that's, like, the equivalent of the uh, volleyball scene in the first one, which is, like, an often, like, parodied and, and yes. uh, spoofed scene. And so this one, they go play football on the beach, and you get, like, the gratuitous – I don't know like gratuitous, but, like, all the guys with their shirts off, basically. And they're all super ripped.
0: It was nice. Um, yeah. The mustaches
1: are back, by the way.
0: <laughs> mustaches are back. Yeah. Um, Miles Teller's bringing them back single-handedly, I guess. I know a lot of people on TikTok really feeling the the football scene in Maverick. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I've seen a bunch of videos on uh, on various social media of, like, uh, girlfriends and wives that are like, you know, if their husband has a beard and they're like, no, go shave it into a mustache. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah.
0: Like, um, the girls that are not very interested in the first Top Gun or the movie are just are just going for Miles Teller. Um, he's, <laughs> he's so hot right now. Um, yeah. So did the beach bonding scene happen before or after he goes and visits Iceman?
1: Uh, I think that's before. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't remember the exact sequence of events, but basically it's not working out with the teaching. And so he gets a, he gets a text from Iceman. I need to see you. So he goes to see him and he finds out that uh, Iceman is sick. Yes. Um, so. He he has cancer. He's had it before. Now it's back and it's not looking good. So they have a little scene where they kind of like, you know, say what they need to say to each other. And also Iceman gives him some advice because he's struggling on whether he should pick. He ultimately gets to pick which six fighters in the group. There's more that there's like 12 of them or whatever. And he gets to pick which of them go on the mission. And he's torn because he doesn't want to he doesn't want to ruin his relationship with Rooster. Um, Like at that point, maybe they're starting to make up or whatever I think is what's happening. And he says, "Okay, well, I can send him on the mission and he potentially dies because it's like high chance of a suicide mission. Uh, or I don't send him and he never wants to talk to me again. So like, what do I do? And Iceman says, basically send him like, you know, if he's the, if he's the guy for the job, you got to send him. And, um, and, uh, so that was a nice scene. And then what I'm trying to remember what the actual thing is that gets him fired, but basically he gets fired. He does something that like was against the rules and John Ham was like, "I was just waiting for you to screw up. You're out." Right. And uh, so well, I forget what it was, but anyway, um, he does something that John Ham really doesn't like, and then he goes rogue. He basically steals a plane. <laughs> he basically steals a plane because he wants to prove to these he has this whole like course set up for the kids, the kids, the uh, you know, the the pilots. <laughs> To yeah. to like try to they have to like get through this valley in under a certain amount of time and they're all like it's impossible it's impossible and so he goes and he does it in like thirty seconds less than any of them could have done it and uh, and so that's when they realize it is possible and John Hamm is like okay I have to let you come back now because you're the only one that can teach these kids how to fly
0: right because John Hamm's character was he was he's basically these-
1: accepting accepting that they were all going to go in there and die. I think is basically where he was at.
0: Right, but he was also the the parameters for the mission that John Hamm was putting were less risky on approach but riskier on exit.
1: Right. So he was guaranteeing that they would like hit the target. They have to like destroy this this facility or whatever is the idea. Yeah. And so Tom Cruise was like how do we do it and also get out because there's like surface to air missiles and then there's a dogfight after blah 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 and John Hamm was like well we don't have to worry about flying it so fast if we just fly slower, destroy the thing, and then, like, they'll know we're there and we basically get killed right after. Right. So, not right. a great plan. But, like, you know, I guess in the long run, he's okay with losing a few fighters. Um, right. Tom Cruise was not.
0: Right. So, so, he goes and, like you said, proves that this can be done and that he selects his, like, mission team.
1: Right uh which is actually includes him he, he so tom cruise he say, oh, they say well well not only are we bringing you back we're making you the team captain so you're going on the mission um so he chooses himself he chooses rooster he chooses phoenix and bob and one other pair hangman does not make the cut no because he's too much of a maverick <laughs> uh
0: payback makes the cut and fanboy
1: right yes so phoenix and bob payback and fanboy they're in two planes and then um I guess Tom Cruise and Rooster fly by themselves. Like I don't think there was ever any mention of who they fly with.
0: Rooster wasn't wingman for Maverick. They flew by themselves.
1: Wingman is the the plane next to you, but not in the not in the seat behind you.
0: Oh, I thought. Oh, so Rooster wasn't in the seat behind Maverick.
1: No, not not when the mission first starts. <laughs> right. Okay. So so the mission the mission starts. Let's let's talk about the mission. The mission starts, and they have to like go through this valley. They weave and turn through this valley at super high speed. Then they have to like like, turn, like go straight up in the air to like go over this mountain, flip over backwards, go back, go down the hill, shoot at this thing in the middle of a crater, and then pull up again and get out of the valley. So crazy like maneuver. Yeah. Um. And they they make it they they do it, uh, but then there's a big dogfight afterwards. They they are spotted right. The enemy the enemy yes. fighters do see them, so they're waiting for them. And there are uh, surface-to-air missiles flying around. And um, Rooster is about to take a shot, and Tom Cruise uh, comes in. Maverick comes in and takes the takes the missile for him and blows up his plane. And everyone's like, "Oh my god, Maverick's dead!" Basically, and they're like, "Come back right. to the you know." Get back to the ship. He's gone. We're not going to save him. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Cut to Tom Cruise on the ground. He's alive. Of course. <laughs> Obviously. Um, And he runs around trying to avoid a helicopter.
0: Yep. As Tom Cruise does.
1: Yeah. And then do you remember what happens?
0: And then Rooster actually shows up to yeah. save Maverick um, from the helicopter. But then... His plane is shot down by another missile um, but Rooster yeah so they're both so they're both
1: shot down they're both shot down and they're both alive yes and then what do they do they're stuck in this wilderness how do they get out they go to the enemy airstrip and they find and they're they're all throughout the movie they're flying f18s uh, right. new, pl- and new, they, new yeah.
0: planes yeah
1: right so they go to the enemy airstrip and they see in the hangar is an f-14 which is the the plane that tom cruise flew in the original movie right. so um
0: the enemy airbase at this point has been like very destroyed from their mission
1: right yeah they blew up the airstrip so that the enemy couldn't yeah. launch more fighters so right. they see this plane there's no air, there's basically no runway for it to take off on um like none of the tools are working it's like hooked up with wires and shit and um so but tom cruise is like i'm i'm a maverick so we're gonna fly this thing out of here and and so they do (laughs) and then at that point miles teller is in the rear seat behind tom cruise (laughs) behind maverick so just Um,
0: like his dad was
1: right right and there's uh even a scene where like as they're flying away, where they have to, they think they they have to eject because the new fighter, the F-14 is an ancient plane. The new enemy fighters are like way too fast and nimble; they're not going to get away. So he says, yeah. "You have to eject. You have to eject." And so he's like having flashbacks about Goose, and um, and then the thing doesn't pull, and so he's like, "All right, well, now we got to figure out some other way." And um, what happens is, Hangman comes yeah. to the day, comes to save the day they the backup it was, was
0: on standby right yeah he yeah
1: he didn't make the cut so he was on standby just in case something went wrong and then they they send him out to save the day finally so he finally gets his his to have his moment where he saves the day for everybody yeah um and there's a few moments throughout that throughout that whole sequence where they're doing the mission where tom cruise says talk he does the talk to me goose and then it yep. cuts to, like, Miles Teller and he's like, talk to me, Dad. And I'm like, oh, there it is. Like, I
0: know, I know. There were so many close calls in a short period of time towards the end of this movie. We are like, oh, my God, he's going to die. Oh, my God, he's going to die. Oh, my God, they, they're they both dead. But it...
1: <laughs> yeah, the no only one that I thought... I thought maybe they killed Maverick. I, like, for, for a second, I was right. like, maybe yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, but um, I'm glad they didn't. Um, yeah. I'm glad they didn't. Um, so mission is a success Um, Maverick and Rooster you know obviously having that experience together are reconciled and on great terms Um, Maverick's Boo, Penny you know shows up um, and he takes her for a ride like he did with his Boo in the first movie on his motorcycle of sorts right well i think
1: they did the motorcycle earlier but at the very end he takes her in a plane like a like a propeller oh plane.
0: right yes yes um, yeah
1: he's like just in case you thought that you were on the level with all the other boos like no you you're you're you one level plane. above you get the you, plane you can you get skip, the, plane, mo- skip yeah. the motorcycle you're going in the plane
0: yeah um we get like a cute Q- at the end, there's like photos on a cork board and you see like the
1: the, the, yeah, current, ma- the
0: current mission squad. But then you see like a photo of Maverick and
1: Goose. And Goose and like the picture of them in the bar with Meg Ryan. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, that, and that's how the movie ends. And oh, and all, there is also a point where uh, Iceman passes away. Oh yeah, we didn't
0: that. mention this. So Iceman.
1: So Iceman reveals he's he's sick. They say their goodbyes, and then a little bit later on, Iceman does pass away.
0: Which it. Oh, Val that's Kilmer.
1: why he got fired. That's why he got fired because Iceman was the only reason he had the job in the first place. Iceman passes away, and then John Hamm is like, "Now I'm firing you because I've been waiting to do this."
0: Right. Um, Val Kilmer is still very much alive. Um, yes. But the, it is a it is a nice parallel between. Iceman and Val Kilmer in real life. Val Kilmer can barely speak now and they were able to write it into this movie in a really respectful nice way um, that still right. was you know had him be able to be a part of this film still.
1: Right and they don't say what um, what his cancer is but throat you cancer. Assume... did they say it was throat cancer? Yeah. I mean you... I assumed it was because he can't talk but yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: um. Yeah. So he does pass away, and then, um, and that's that was why he got fired. It was a nice yes. It was a very well done scene what they did with with Iceman.
0: Yeah. Um. He was a you know a a, a big part of the first Top Gun, and they could have easily been like, uh, uh I don't know, like we can write him out or. Not have him in it, but I'm so glad they found a way to do it. Yeah, Um, Hans Zimmer worked on the score, the music.
1: Right. Well, he had done the score for the original, right? So he right. Top Gun. The Top Gun theme is his is his song. Uh,
0: Along with Harold Faltermeyer, Lady Gaga uh, wrote a song for this movie, and I'm blanking on the name of it. Um, I think it was the was. Hold my hand.
1: Was it not the uh, the football scene song?
0: No, it's the song that plays over the credits at the end. Oh, okay. What? Yeah. What was the football theme song for this one?
1: Yeah, I don't know, because like in in the original, it's like playing with the boys. It's like a real like cheesy. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, maybe um, I ain't worried. By Wonder Public. It is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, this movie started out for me as, oh, that's nice that they're giving the Top Gun fans a sequel. That's cute. To me being actually going to see it in theaters and really enjoying it. So
1: Yeah, I think that like the 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 story between uh, like the storyline between Maverick and Rooster and like the The stakes were high enough for that mission, like, for whether or not they were going to complete it. And, like, the action was very well sequenced and filmed. And so, you know, it was was good. It was a solid movie.
0: Yeah. So, listeners, don't judge a book by its cover. You might end up really liking the movie. Like I did. Yeah. 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 Um, So, nothing else to say about Maverick?
1: No, I think we covered it. Solid, enjoyable movie. It's still in theaters. You have time. People go out and see it if you haven't. Um, especially really if you need- enjoyed the first yeah. one.
0: It really needs the money. It's only made $900 million Yeah,
1: months. they're really struggling. Tom Cruise needs it. Scientology. They're, 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 they're having rough out there. They need some donations.
0: <laughs> um, cool. So, listeners, thank you, as always, for joining us. Um, if you liked what you heard here today rate and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to us Um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter friends like films Um, we're pretty active on there at least on Instagram or you can just like tweet or tweet at me or Greg personally I love hearing from people Um, tweet away yeah tweet away Um, our July episode um, coming up we'll reveal what our movie of July will be so make sure you listen and I think that's it
1: yeah have a uh, happy 4th of July and you
0: know eat a hot dog
1: yeah stay safe
0: <laughs> alright see you next time
1: <laughs> see ya